Before we begin, I want to take a second to say that I appreciate you for taking time out of your day to listen. Your support simply means so much to me. If you're able to, click follow on whatever platform you're listening from, share a link to anyone who might benefit from the stories being told, or follow our Instagram page, which is angelmoments underscore 333. I hope you're doing well and that something resonates with you today. Thank you. Hi there. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Angel Moments. I am your host, Daniela Castillo-Vasquez. Today, I am so excited and cannot wait for you to hear this amazing story from my friend. So please go ahead and introduce yourself. Absolutely, Danny. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate you and just really admire you and your recent ambition to begin a podcast. So applaud to you. Congrats. <laughs> but I'm David. I'm a 27 year old from Columbus, Indiana, just south of Indianapolis, Indiana, where I lived all my life until I was 18 years old. I went to Grand Valley State University, mm-hmm. which is settled in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's just absolutely gorgeous part of the state. I recommend you viewers, if you ever have a chance to visit that part of the United States, absolutely go to West Michigan, especially during the summer. It's just truly a unique and special place. But I majored in geography and urban planning there. I'm a low-key person who just enjoys living life in adventurous ways. I adore my girlfriend, uh-huh. my pride and joy. I just it's love also her my so sister. much. Yep, your sister <laughs> too. So um, just love exploring new things with her and just having our adventures together. And oh, did I also mention my other girl that I have in my life, my lassie cat, who is just also just something else. She is just a little bundle of joy. I love seeing her every single day, just being a kitty cat. So um, I'm really passionate about being a voice for others as well and serving others with kindness and grace, being a God's man and always having the philosophy by treating others with kindness and respect and gentleness that they deserve. And I'll occasionally crack a dad joke. I'm not entirely sure that they're all good <laughs> yeah you but, do <laughs> um they're uh, decent they're okay decent. i appreciate that yeah <laughs> at least someone at least laughs at them but um i really also enjoy my time spending uh my time with my girlfriend and uh, making use of my time working reading a book watching stranger things or the office and listening to some really good music that's perfect thank you so much for joining us today david and taking time out of your schedule i know you're always like rambling around but I do want to ask, what does an angel moment mean to you? That is an awesome question and really meaningful to answer. Angel moments to me are just truly acts of God. It's him helping you not only through good experiences, but get bad experiences too. Mm-hmm. Through those experiences, he'll guide your spirit in ways you never thought you would ever achieve or accomplish. I mean, he's just always there for you. It's yeah. just truly amazing. And just the realization that you're being guided by something that is truly unique and powerful. It's just in knowing that you're being guided by the person that essentially created this earth. You know, yeah, it's just truly absolutely. empowering uh, to your own spirit and God will see you through. It's just truly amazing to know what miraculous things he will do for you. I love that. I think that's really, really beautiful. Like everyone has their own interpretation of angel moments and what it means to them. So it's really special to hear like what it means to you. Thank you. Not everyone experiences angel moments in unique ways, but 
um, God truly knows you're, you're unique and he knows exactly what you need at the exact right moment. So that makes me wonder, what is an angel moment that you have experienced? Well, I guess I could start when I was five years old. My parents took me to the hospital because I had many speech delays. My parents tell me a story that my first word is not even a real word. It's pronounced cossum. Mm-hmm. But that was my way of communicating to them that I wanted ice cream. <laughs> and so uh, Cossum is a very great dish to me when I was five. So um, that was my first word technically. But nonetheless, I had speech delays until I was five. Uh, I wasn't able to speak a word up until that point. And I also had other social issues in terms of communication, whether it was my parents or my sisters. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of other Uh, kind of social issues that were going on. So I went to the hospital where I was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. So the diagnosis impacted me. Um, The doctors thought when I was five years old that I would not be able to live on my own uh, or attend college, get a driver's license, live my own life. And in a sense, that just put a stigma on my life and essentially labeled me as someone with special needs for the remainder of my life and through education, but also those near and dear to me. Uh, it just put a label on me. Um, it's just, you know, a lot of unknowns at that point in time mm-hmm. and a lot of things that to be anxious about. Yeah. So how did the diagnosis change the way people treated you? I would say the diagnosis um, gave me a unneeded label and defining of who I am, essentially telling people ahead of time that this kid has something special and that he needs to be treated and viewed differently Um, even though that may not be the case, but, um, in a sense that created a lot of lack of self-confidence in me and created missed opportunities down the road as well, um, as kind of not being treated equally as well. And that could range from anywhere that maybe I couldn't even sign up for a particular high school class because I was in special education. I experienced a lot of bullying, teachers doubted me, and even sometimes my family doubted me. There were oftentimes where even friends would doubt me as well or interact with me differently. So with that label, I essentially was viewed as a different person before they even got to know me. Yeah. So how were you able to push through those barriers that were put on you? I got through those barriers was just because there were a lot of things that I was a part of from elementary school through high school. Like, for example, in high school, I had an exceptional role model. Um, my special education teacher, Miss Hamlin, she helped me guide me through education and just in a unique and a special way that made you feel just, you know, apart and to where she didn't even see me as a person with someone autism, but rather someone who could just achieve great things. And it's just as capable as any other person who walks this earth to achieve greatness. Yeah, of course. So in a sense, she kind of like invested in you and gave you like a sense of normalcy. Yeah, exactly. Um, In high school in particular, uh, the things that really impacted me was my time in cross country because that not only gave me positive social interaction, but gave me self-confidence at the same time. The ability to be open and vulnerable with others and to give me the strength that I need to better myself as a person and empower my faith and to better my character. you know, aside from cross country, kind of having the unconscious belief in myself where I didn't let autism define me and who I was. As it or, shouldn't. Yeah. You know, and, but just rather 
just live life to live to learn and to have fun. That's amazing. I love how you were able to carry on and exceed despite like the low expectations that people placed on you. So amid all of that, like what happened next? Well, I ended up going to college where I just had a lot of interesting experiences, whether it was good or bad, everything ranging from good grades, being a part of a cross country team, depression, multiple depression episodes, imparting. College certainly was in up and down experience for me. In particular, there was an experience which looking back, I perceive as my angel moment. It's a time when I was a sophomore in college and I was very caught up in the mentality of being a follower of influencers who didn't do the greatest things. Uh, they didn't, they weren't the greatest people. They weren't maybe the greatest role models in my life at mm -hmm. that point in time. I was drinking, smoking heavily, and stealing due to these negative influences. For about six months, I was just doing these things without even realizing maybe what my repercussions could come from it and felt that in a way I was almost on top of the world. It kind of felt like you were invincible. Yeah, exactly right. There was this one time where me and my influencers uh, went to campus bookstore um, right at the beginning of the semester and we decided to steal textbooks and i thought i was in the clear for two months and two months later i received a call from campus a campus detective asking me to come in for questioning and i went in for questioning i was extremely nervous because you know yeah you never want to get a call from the police like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah exactly so uh when he at asked this, wait so at this point you're not even thinking like Wait, was it about the book or did your mind automatically know? So my mind at that point in time, you know, my first initial thought was, okay, did I witness a crime oh. that I don't remember whatsoever? Mm -hmm. Like if it was like, you know, at a party or anything of that such, I honestly thought that's what it was related yeah, to. Yeah, because you had taken the book like two months before. So by Correct. that time, it was in your the back of your mind. It was pretty much at the back of my mind. I wasn't even worried about it. And so... Um, just to kind of come back. When he asked me several questions related to taking a book from the campus bookstore, um, I was then charged with a third degree misdemeanor and had to attend arraignment for larceny. Wow. I had to make a court appearance uh, at that point in time. I was extremely nervous and anxious about it, especially knowing that the judge, the district that I was in, was statistically the hardest, harshest judge in the United States. He was just very strict on oh my gosh so so like the strictest judge in all the u.s like that's a lot of districts <laughs> yeah that's a whole ton of districts and he was statistically i think it was him and another judge in south dakota mm. they were really competing i guess but oh my um, it, yeah he was a really strict judge at this point you were going to court for a book that you had stolen from the bookstore yeah yeah so um, i had my arraignment and because of uh, those past decisions the month prior. There was also a question the judge posed asking, are you going to test dirty or negative for a drug test? And me knowing that I smoked only 30 days prior, I didn't want to lie in front of the court and just out of good conscience. I mean, that's just not a good idea mm -hmm. to lie in court because I don't want to lie and then end up testing dirty and then I get in more trouble. Yeah. And so I told him that um, I could perhaps test dirty. And so he didn't think much of it at that time. You know, I thought, okay, that's just a standard question that the course asks. And so from there, he scheduled my sentencing. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? A couple months later, I showed up for my sentencing. He didn't even ask me anything about my actual crime related to larceny. Mm -hmm. um, 
but he rather just asked me about me smoking marijuana 30 days prior. I mean, he just, he didn't even care about me stealing a book or any of that stuff. He was just focused in on that. Wow. So it was just kind of interesting how he just attacked that. Um, so after a few anxious backs and forths with him, just, you know, arguing our point, um, I just felt like I was going to collapse. I was just so nervous. My legs were shaking uh, so hard at the time. Um, but my lawyer no noticed and kind of intervened. I can't remember what his argument was because I was so nervous. I didn't even remember what he said because I felt like I was just going to pass out. Yeah. And it was at that point that the judge made a sentencing and he sentenced me to two years probation. Oh, my with, goodness. With the Hopeful Youthful Training Act, which states if you're under the age of 21 and commit a minor crime in the state of Michigan, you can be forgiven of it after serving your sentencing. So you served two years of probation for a book? Yeah, okay. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. So, I mean, that's two years that I couldn't drink. I couldn't smoke. I couldn't leave. The, I couldn't even leave the state without asking my probation officer to see my parents. You know, oh it, it's goodness. just quite an experience, but um, it would also deteriorate my social life from there. And perhaps, you know, what I perceived as a college experience. Um, at first, I was I was just very about it. At first, I thought this was a very negative thing because I couldn't fully live, quote unquote, the college experience. Like the which, drinking and the, the drinking, the partying, all mm -hmm. that stuff, you know. I was just very upset about that for a few months and just really, you know, my college life is pretty much done at that point in time. But a few months later, I realized that it was much more than that. And it was actually an opportunity to better myself. I essentially took a negative experience and turned it into a good one where I got better grades each semester. So I increased my GPA and I was more involved with still organizations like urban planning organizations. I even started a club that was related to expanding our campus trails that we have on campus. Oh, wow. So I was way more involved with those type of organizations as well as community support related to urban planning, uh, providing public input on particular issues surrounding the city of Grand Rapids. And I was more involved with my family and my faith with God. Although there were some challenges along the ways, like my depression or even a lack of friendships. Yeah, I felt uh, like it got a bit lonely. It got very lonely because, I mean, again, it goes back to that college experience. No one wants to hang out. Like flipping from like doing those things with everyone else towards like, I can't do those things no more. Yeah, so. exactly. I, I lost a lot of friends because I was not able to be around mm -hmm. those things because I couldn't even be caught with alcohol. Wow. Even if I didn't drink it, I couldn't be caught with it. So it even got was to that point. But um I persevered, really took a focus on it. And although there, you know, there were challenges along the way, at the end of the day, getting in trouble ended up being a positive thing in my life just because it gave me a greater opportunity to be successful in life and refocus on things that are most important. Yeah, I think it's interesting how the probation basically forced you to remove all those negative things in your life. It kind of served as a cleansing for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know where I would be if I continued on the path that I was going. Uh, there's just a lot of negative things that I was doing at the time. But there's a lot of angel moments in life that maybe are good experiences like protection accomplishments or anything of that sort attached to your life but you can also have angel moments as a result of negative actions mm -hmm. and that even if you make mistakes in life or do your own thing god's grace will show in unique ways to your own self and he knows exactly what you need when you need it Absolutely. exactly yes and if he sees you going down a bad path 
might punish you, but it's out of grace. And that that's exactly how I saw it. Maybe he didn't punish me, but he showed me good grace and love and that I was fortunate enough to get a sentence that propelled me to be in a position where I am today, where I'm working for a very reputable, municipal government in a professional position that I'm extremely content with. After college, I accepted a position at the city of Plano where I work as an urban planner. If it wasn't for his grace, I don't know where I would be today, honestly. I don't, But I do know I learned so much from that experience, which is now in my core experiences, which is showing just true love, grace, and humility to others. Um, you've managed to overcome everything that people would normally expect to like weigh you down. For instance, even the diagnosis of autism, that on its own, it amazes me that doctors went from saying like, you're not going to be able to go to college, you won't be able to get a driver's license or do these typical things, yet you've been able to do it. And then with that whole sentencing situation, for you to have gotten two years of probation from stealing a bug, and then for you to flip it into this thing where you basically change your life for the better. And now you're working somewhere, you have all these professional opportunities, you're excelling. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't let labels define you, whether it's, you know, really to a disability or even in the criminal system. You know, labels are just just not good. You should not attach yourself to a label mm -hmm. um, in a negative way. Just never do that to yourself because that only limits you to your full potential and don't let those types of things bring you down. But rather through God's strength, you can empower yourself to live the fullest life you can. So don't let labels define you who you are, but label yourself as a person who can achieve greatness, who can live and walk life in a way that is just for you and something that you're content with and something that you will live life and look back at it and say, you know what? I achieve something great here. I achieve something awesome in this life. And so when you put a label on that, you know, it really dampens that. So you really need to take a look at life and say, you know what? This is where I want to be. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of greatness I want to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. I, I think your story is really like one that is going to stick around in my mind for the long run. Yeah, no, thank you for having me today. And, you know, just kind of close with a note here is that there's only 3 million people in the U.S. that have autism. And yet, you know, we're some of the brightest people on this earth. Yeah, You know, you absolutely. shouldn't let something like a label like that bring you down uh, just because people have maybe, you know, stated that to you. That doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are. Yeah. And so you should, you know, live life thinking, you know what? I do have this label, but today I'm going to choose to throw that label out and just be that professional doctor, be a lawyer, go to college, even be a professional athlete, a singer, whatever you may you want to be in life, all. you can do it all as long as you put your mental focus to it and whatever negative experiences you might have in life, whether it's, you know, people labeling you or something that's holding you back to achieve something, push through it, persevere. You'll get through it. Just pray about it. Use God's grace to its fullest and just live life to his glory. Also, I want to note that I am a white male and I'm privileged. I know, for instance, a person of color and with a disability may not have the same outcome as, as I did. Absolutely. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, David. Thank you.
If you were to meet David, you would see how kind, intelligent, caring, and giving he is. I'm grateful that he was able to share his story today. I can't get over the fact that he faced two years of probation for stealing a book. It amazes me, but sadly, it could have been worse like it is for many others, especially since a judge he got was a type to throw people in jail just for jaywalking. In the end, he managed to turn a scary and stressful situation into something positive. Beyond that, I love how David is vocal about the obstacles he has faced from being autistic and is active in educating others. For those who may not know, autism spectrum disorder can impact an individual's social skills, communication, and behavior. According to the CDC, autism affects about 1 in 54 children in the U.S. today. So, get informed if you don't know much about autism, and remember, being autistic is not a tragedy. Like David said, a label does not make you different from anyone else, nor should it define you. Once again, thank you for listening today. Stay safe and may serenity be with you. Until next time, goodbye.